As we are still standing, I would like to offer the scripture lesson for the sermon today, continuing on in Luke chapter 15. I'll be reading verses 11 through 24. Heavenly Father, bore out our ears so that we may hear your voice. Open our eyes so that we may perceive your ways and inflame us by your love. Through Jesus we pray, amen. amen. Luke 15, beginning in verse 11. And he said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country, and there he squandered his estate with loose living. Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be impoverished. So he went out and hired himself to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him in his field to feed swine, and he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving anything to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger? I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in your sight I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired Men. So he got up and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, Quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fattened calf, kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found, and they began to celebrate. Thus far the reading of God's word in all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We open up Luke's gospel, and please note, Luke was a physician, Dr. Luke. And as you read Luke's gospel, you get glimpses into his physician's eye, seeing some of what he saw. We also get a bit of his physician's ear, that which he heard from Jesus and what stuck with him and is given to us. Throughout Luke's gospel, we will meet those who are weak, those who could be called pathetic, the rejected, the outcasts, the desperate, the downtrodden, the busted up, the broken up. In Luke's gospel, we meet the lost. This 15th chapter of Luke's gospel focuses on the lost, a lost sheep, a lost coin, and lost sons. It is possible and likely that it is all one parable, all concerned with the lost. Today, we will be concerned with that which surrounds the younger son, the younger brother, and the father. 
This portion of the parable is often called the prodigal son. It's also been called the parable of two brothers or the lost son or the loving father or the forgiving father. It's even been referred to as the prodigal God. The late Lutheran pastor Helmut Thielicke referred to this and other parables as the waiting father. Today, the title is The Watching Father. Concerned with the younger brother and the father. Next week, Lord willing, the older brother and the father. The passage opens and it's gripping. Verse 11, a man had two sons. Okay. The very next verse, it rambles on. The younger son said to his father, basically, give me mine. Give me mine. Now, we do not know how wealthy the father was. But the younger son wanted to have his portion of the inheritance right then. Everything belonged to the father, and the plan was that his wealth would be doled out at some point in the future. Even so, the father heard his son's request and granted it. He divided his wealth between them. The inheritance was the young man's ticket to ride. It was his focus was this, get out and get going. He wanted to go do his own thing. He wanted to take the money and run. So verse 13, not many days later, the young son gathered up his stuff and took off. Now, for some reason, he had to get out of that place. That was his focus, and the last thing he wanted to do, I need to go. And so in full Shrek and fairy tale fashion, he wanted to establish his own kingdom far, far away. All that mattered seemed to be getting away from what was and what he had. So he left home for a distant country. So now, out from under the rules, the expectations, the oppression of home and dad, he got his own way. Gone. Out of here. Back of the head. Rear view mirror, and I don't care if the door hits me on my way out. The watching father watched him go. In that far away place of his own kingdom, he cut loose. He sowed his oats. He showed everyone that he was his own man. He must have heard you got to go where you want to go and do what you want to do with whoever you want to do it with. Just go. And it didn't take long. He spent it all. He squandered it all. He blew it. He lost it. He threw it to the winds and the ways of his own lusts. However, he was a man about town and he had it all for a while. However, 
most discreetly phrased at the end of verse 13, he squandered his estate with loose living. Loose. Nothing secure, nothing firm, nothing tied down. Don't you tell me I'm just going to go loose. Now maybe we have squandered the gifts of the Father at some point. Maybe we have this in common with the younger son, the younger brother. Maybe we can see ourselves in him. Now we all have something else in common with the younger son, and it's this. None of us knows the future. And in his case, once he spent everything he had, right then a famine occurred. A famine. Want, absence, lack, scarcity. Little food, little of anything, and the economy tightened up. There's no word of a pandemic, supply chain issues, or inflation. Food was scarce, and so were jobs. He lost it all. How low can he go? How, how, how about this low? Working in a pig pen? Working with swine? Working in a pig sty? Working in fenced-in slop? He becomes so low that he looks up to swine. Chapter 3 of the Gospel of Luke Combs, the country singer, says it well. Be careful what you wish for. He got what he wanted. Verse 15, working with the hogs. That's the job he finally found in that distant land. This wasteful and famished son became a feeder of pigs. He was working with the unclean animals, and they were eating better than he was. The pigs would grunt, the son's stomach would growl. The son's stomach was churning. He's brought to the end of himself. His pride is being rooted up, and he's willing to eat pig food. The love song of J. Alfred Prufrock by T.S. Eliot. I have seen the moment of my greatness flicker. We do not know how long this has been going on. However, one day the light comes crashing in. He wakes up. He comes to himself. Hungry, tattered, empty as a pocket, reeking with odor. My father's workers have plenty. I have nothing. They are living. I am dying. They are full. I am empty. So he hatches a plan and plans a speech. 
I will get up and I will go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. Verse 20, he gets up and gets going and we can imagine, we can see this tattered, ever increasingly skinny son stinking and stepping along the way back home, rehearsing his speech with each step of the way. Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. He doesn't even make it home. Before he even gets to speak to his father, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. It is as if the watching father had been watching. The father seeing of the son did not result in shame loading and condemnation or some kind of elbow nudge to whoever was sitting next to him on the porch. <laughs> Keep your eyes open. This one ought to be good. The father, when he sees the son, did not sit back and wait to see how sincere the son might be. As if the father has, I need to check his heart. I need to hear it from his mouth and then so much more that he has done. He's got to sting as much as I did. I want to see just how much he's going to beg and grovel and crawl just to get back into my good graces and my favor. Nope. The father felt compassion. The Greek word refers to innards, bowels. It's a form of mercy. It's related to the same, to a Hebrew word, uh, in, in, in Hebrew, rechem is the word for mercy or compassion, and it also is the word for womb. The son's stomach was churning through hunger. The father's stomach was churning because of love. The father was active. Instead of sitting back, I'll just see how sincere you are. The father saw because he was looking. He felt compassion. He ran. He went. He embraced and he kissed. Yes, the father embraced and kissed the stinky, skinny, 
sinful son. Verse 21, the son stammers out the beginning of his speech. Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And he is interrupted. The father interrupts him. There's no examination of his repentance, how deep or wide or how sincere. No questions about what sermon did you listen to that turned you around? What Bible verse was it that really turned it for you? No comments about who was right and who was wrong. Oh, and by the way, let me remind you of something else that you did. No. The father interrupts the son. And then he calls the servants. Servants, assist me in wrapping my son in the best robe. Let's clothe him with the garments of another. Let's put a ring on his hand the family signet ring, because he's in the family, and let us put shoes on his feet, for he shall walk among us. Oh, also, verse 23, let's eat. Let's eat. If he's hungry, it's not somebody get that kid a sandwich. It's no. If he's skinny, let's kill fat. If he's skinny and stinky and smelly and sinful, let's kill the fattened calf. And let's celebrate. Why? For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found, and they began to celebrate. The son was claimed as part of the family. This son of mine. The haunting reality is that this son was always the son of the father, even during the time of slopping in the pen. Do walk-away sons and walk-away daughters know this? Do they believe this? You can imagine the walkaway son, the walkaway daughter, saying something like this Dad, if you only knew what I have done. And the dad saying, My child, if you only knew how I have longed for this day. Say, wondrous welcome home. Where there's great sin, there ought to be great grace. I'm going to wrap this up with three points. First of all, this parable is not given so as to encourage any waste or disregard of grace. 
What? Hey, if I continue in sin, grace might abound. Don't even go there. That's not why this parable is given. This parable does not give us a license to sin with abandon or to drive into sin without seatbelts. This is not to encourage anyone to say, hey, mom and dad will always take me back. The younger brother did not know that or think that. Next, there's more than one I am in the Bible. We hear this. We receive Jesus' teaching and we go, I am. I, I see myself. I, I know this. I... So many of us have already done what the younger son did. Having received abundantly from the Father, we have been selfish and squandered His good gifts. For each of us, everything we have spent and squandered was first given by the Father. I cannot say it any more crisply than the way Helmut Thielica did. Everything came from his Father, but he uses it all without taking him into account. His body, his possessions, in themselves are good things, but he uses them and they become his undoing. Because he uses them for himself, he uses them without the Father. When we receive and use the Lord's gifts without him, they will become like day-old manna. They will grow worms, rot and decay. I resemble those remarks. We can honestly say with the younger son, I am not worthy to be called your child. And we are not. Yet the Lord acts. The Lord watches. He provides the movement of his grace. Not we as the Father sees, He feels compassion. He runs, He pursues, He embraces. He robes the body, rings the finger, shods the feet, feeds and rejoices. And still we should conclude, I'm not worthy. The Son being received back is not because of his greater maturity, but because of the Father's love. Last. We must ask, finally, where is Christ in all of this? Where is Jesus Christ? If the Father is welcoming... What need do we have of Christ? If the Father is ready to receive and to forgive a scoundrel's son, do we even need Christ? The cross 
a mediator? Yes. Where is Christ? Jesus Christ himself is telling us this. Jesus Christ himself shows us this. Christ himself is the door to the Father. To see Christ is to see the Father. And finally, Jesus Christ entered the depths for you. The very depths that you desired, that you chose, you entered. The very depths from which you could not get out, so he entered in for you, for us, to God be the glory, great things he has done. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.